0: This is StoryQuest. Today's story is... The Witness Tree Do you know what a witness tree is? It's the name given to trees which still stand in places where remarkable things have happened, such as an ancient battle. It's strange to think that something from long ago remains, and we wonder what the tree could tell us, if it could talk of course. Trees live a very long time, and so it stands to reason that many trees must have witnessed many historic things. The tree I'm going to tell you about, like most trees, witnessed much more everyday things. But witness it did, and this is the story of that tree. It starts in a wood dappled with sunshine a very long time ago. An acorn fell from a giant oak, the largest there was in the wood. The acorn began to grow, from shoot to delicate sapling, in time and over years becoming another oak tree. As the trees stretched towards the sky and as decades passed, the woods were cleared to make way for farmland. The oak was left and missed the swashing, shushing company of the other trees, but company came in new forms. Boys as young as you worked on the harvests in those days, and on their way home they would rush to climb the oak's inviting branches. After fifty years, the oak had become even more tall and strong, heavy with acorns in the autumn. Still the farm boys climbed the tree most days. These were now the sons and grandsons of those that came before. They goaded each other to go higher and higher and laughter shook the leaves. The tree sighed happily at the joy and the shouts and did its best to stay strong so that no one should fall. Places change. The village became a town, and then a large city, filled with many thousands of people. The meadows around the tree in time gave way to houses. Rows and rows of houses that stretched for many miles. There were no spaces between each house. These sorts of houses are called terraced houses. The tree shivered at the changes, missed the warmth, and the quiet of those golden summers. With the company of children every day. The field around the tree shrank little by little and the swaying meadow became grass clipped neatly each week other trees were felled to make room for broad walkways where families would take the air in their sunday best nurses pushed large perambulators and children were cautioned not to leave the path the tree missed the children a great deal but was happy to be amongst so many people the park became less clipped and prim As a dark time descended, a war, nights became black as can be as planes swept overhead, crunching bombs and licking flames sending a shudder through the earth under the tree. The grass around the tree was set to work, dug up to make space for vegetables in plots, allotments to help feed folk. This was an interesting time for the tree, whose shade offered welcome relief to those toiling over the warm late summer days. Most of the people working on their plots were grown men and women, but some children would come, one boy in particular, almost every day. He came with his father, and after helping to water the lines of carrots and peas, would go and rest with his back against the tree's broad trunk. The boy could not walk easily, and had metal calipers to support his legs. He seemed to come with his father most days, and the tree wondered if he had any friends of his own. No other children played with the boy, but the boy didn't seem to mind. He would read books and collect the acorns, and sometimes sleep a little on the warmer spring afternoons. On one momentous day, his father brought two ropes to the tree, and, casting them high into the air as if throwing a ball, brought them over a high, strong branch. The tree wondered what this might be for, but the next day the man brought a small wooden plank, as smooth as butter from sanding. Holes had been cut into it, and the man fixed the ropes to the plank which the boy eagerly sat upon. A swing. Maybe it was the wind rippling the leaves, or perhaps it was happiness. Now, the little boy grew up, and although his legs improved, he still found walking hard. His father had gone, and now he was the one tending the allotment. The plots had become quiet, many overgrown and neglected. The trees remembered how busy they had been and how vibrant the tomatoes and the bright dahlias had been, the immaculate rows of poles and trellis, bright greenhouses with sparkling glass windows. The old swing, still tethered on its own rope, rocked in the breeze, as if occupied by an invisible child. Sometimes the boy, who was now a man, would come over to it and stroke the seat. He never sat on it again, presumably because he felt he was too big now which the tree thought was a shame. The city became even busier and more bustling as the years passed and the allotments became overrun with weed and brambles. Litter was thrown into the knotted bushes. One small block was all that was left, that of the boy who was now a man. He was becoming an older man himself now, and would stretch and groan as he stood from his planting, shielded from the world by the scrubby waste around and from the protection of the oak's deep green canopy. That year, something terrible happened. A tremendous storm shook the city. Thunder crashed, rain lashed, and the winds blew harder than ever before. People huddled in their homes with tiles and chimneys knocked sideways, and many smaller trees fell to the ground. The oak was strong and had seen storms before. It stood steady, although the leaves and smaller branches were buffeted this way and that. Then... In the dark of the night, a lightning bolt illuminated the skies and with a crack like a gun it hit the tree, the fire slicing it straight to the core. The old swing was cast to the ground as the tree collapsed with a crash. The tree wasn't hurt. Trees aren't like us. The smouldering fire, however, drew the attention of people and houses nearby and with a whooping siren, men came to extinguish the flames, but it was certain that the tree would grow no more. Men came to cut the tree down. The tree wondered what would become of itself. He was interested to see that the boy who was now a man came with those woodcutters. He was giving them instructions and seemed to be in charge of what was happening. Many weeks passed. The stump of the tree made a convenient perch for robins and sparrows and insects burrowed into the crevices. Mushrooms grew from the damp parts of the pulp and soft green moss began to spring up. The wood from the broad, thick trunk was taken away and cut into sections under the watchful eye of the man. A bell rang. Children raced from the school doors. Excitement rippled like the wind through the crowds because the new playground had been completed. There were swings, a climbing frame, even a roundabout, all made from the wood from the tree. Cut to shape, crafted, and as smooth as can be. The caretaker of the school, who happened to be the boy who was now a man, stood and beamed as broadly as he could as he watched the children race to take turns. It was his idea to use the tree to make these things. He remembered his father, contented afternoons resting against that broad trunk, and of course... The swing on the tree. He felt close to all these things, and for a moment he felt like a very young person again. He was happy. As for the tree, well, it's hard to say, of course. But as the swings swung on that crisp school morning break, if you listened hard, you might, just might, have heard a very contented creak. Got an idea for a story? Tell us the title at funkidslive.com forward slash story quest and we could bring your story to life. For a new story each week, make sure you hit subscribe or follow so you don't miss a single episode.